And it went from 30,000 followers. I came back 30 days later. It had like 300,000 followers. Dang. Like in 30 days. And I wasn't even paying it no attention. And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast where you find really, really amazing people that did really, really amazing stuff. And we specialize in finding people who can teach you how to do what they did in an amazing way. And we're out here in uh, Southern Florida. We got uh, Mr. Spectacular Smith out the house. How did the pandemic been treating you, man? Good, man. I mean, honestly, it's been a blessing. Keep it real with you. How so? Just getting refocused. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, like, you will be busy just trying to stay busy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that I was doing that. And when the pandemic hit, it forced me to be home. Mm-hmm. And when I was home, I started making more money than I was making on the go. So that just proved to me, I didn't right. have to have all these, I was doing meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. Like, literally, my schedule was packed with, like, six to seven meetings a day, back to back. Mm. And it then like when it the, would increase, though. Like, if you're at home, everybody else at home, they want to talk to you. It's slow. I stopped everything. And I just started focusing. And when I started focusing on what was bringing the most to the business, and I put a magnifying glass on that one thing, and I doubled down on that one thing, and it just took off. Mm. Well, look, we're we going to jump into it. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, um, I I love for you to introduce yourself, man, because uh, it's like many people, many different people know you for different things. And almost like depending on the era, right, would be the first time I know spectacularly. Because here's what's crazy. I knew you for business before I knew you for music. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that you were the person in the music. Interesting. I didn't I I didn't know. I mean, I know the song, but I never really thought of the person in the group singing the song. Mm-hmm. And I never equated it, but I just knew this dude like that's killing it in the marketing. I'm like, yo, I need to know who this man is. So go ahead, introduce yourself. I want to I'm interested to in know how you introduce myself? yourself. Introduce right, yourself. Let me think. <laughs> how would you if, if you were, uh, I, if you were meeting somebody myself. for the first time, how do you introduce yourself? I don't really like you know what's crazy? I I used to not start with Pretty Ricky. Mm-hmm. And I used to just talk business. Right. Like if it was business stuff. And then I read the book, The Third Door. And that person had a great story based on how he started, which was like a Price is Right show. And he mm-hmm. won it. He like finagled his way all the way to the top. And he actually won it, not even knowing what the show was about. And then the guy who was around him was like, Every time you mention, you introduce yourself, you start with that story. I don't understand why, though. Because it's something that made made him interesting that everybody can't say that story of how he finagled it, right? Versus saying, oh, my name is John. I have this business, Bob. No, start with your story. Like, yo, I started Prices Right. When I started with Prices Right, I met this connection. This connection led to this. This meant to this. And I end up creating this. And storytell based on your introduction. 
So let me try it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. let's try because normally you ain't got to introduce yourself. Yeah, I, I don't really <laughs> do it. So let's let's try it. So my name is Spectacular Smith. Okay, Spec. Yeah, and I started in a group called Pretty Ricky. <laughs> Here's what's funny. I know you probably haven't done this. <laughs> <laughs> Either you haven't done it in a while or... No, no, I got it, I got it. Yeah, so my name's Spectacular Smith and started in a group called Pretty Ricky. We uh, sold 17 million singles, ringtones, and albums worldwide, um, platinum records, platinum singles, to actually creating one of the most viral creatures on the planet. And um, took that to the next level. It's called Grumpy Cat. Viral creatures. Yeah, animal most viral animal on the planet called Grumpy Cat. Really? Yeah. And then I transitioned from that to helping celebrities monetize and grow their social media channel because I realized it was a massive problem that needed to be solved. You had these influencers and celebrities growing all these huge followers and uh, and didn't know how to monetize it. Mm. And I was already monetizing it based off of social media accounts and parody accounts, Cat Williams, Will Ferrell, Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, Kevin Hart. I was literally creating parody accounts. I took that same formula and creating an agency with it where I can do that same exact thing, not only for celebrities and parody accounts, but for celebrities, parody accounts for myself and then the average everyday normal person and helping them build their social media channel. So so I, I, I want to talk about two things. One... The Grumpy Cat and the parody accounts, because I, I don't quite understand those, but the mm. Grumpy Cat, how mm. did you make a viral creature? I don't understand. Yeah, a viral, a viral pet. A so viral. basically, so that so that the, the cat is called Grumpy Cat, mm-hmm. right? The real name is Tatar. That's the real name, Tar. It's a female cat. I seen the cat, and I was like, yo, this gonna go. And I created the first meme. What do you mean? You saw the cat like at somebody's house? Or? I, no, I literally seen it on the internet. Seen the cat. I was like, yo, this is going to hit. At the time, and, and you know what? I live my whole life in 80-20 rule. I do 80% of what works and I test that 20%. And then usually that 20% is usually what bring you 80% of the results. So I did the same thing. So I was focusing on Cat Williams, Will Ferrell, and Angelina Jolie, Jim Carrey. I had all these different accounts that was like blowing up on social media. So the Grumpy Cat was just like a test project. I wasn't even like serious. Seen the cat, created the memes, started the, started the Twitter page, and freaking it just blew up like crazy. So you've seen a cat on the internet and you say, I'm going to make this cat go viral. Mm-hmm. How did you make that happen? Just basically doing all of my strategies. It was like back then you had the retweet strategy. So it was like a bunch of meme pages, right? That was all building from scratch. And we all create like, now we do telegram groups. Back then it was like little DM chat, like chats Mm -hmm. that we had. And we used to just like, yo, we're going to do five retweets. And then we're going to do a shout out. Five retweets, then a shout. So you get a little sample of what the posts are. And then you do the shout out at the end. I was up like 20 hours a day doing that all freaking day. Why? What's the point? Now, let me get to it. So, you know a guy named Matty J? Yeah. 
yeah. So Nettie J <laughs> called me up and he was like, yo, Spec, you can make money off of tweeting. So that's what started make that that's what made me start putting focus on it. Cause I was like, yo, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is how I make money. Mm. And I started building accounts up because the more money I was, the more money I could make, it was based upon how many followers I can gain. So I started growing as many followers as possible. That's what made me start creating massive parody accounts. And I started scaling horizontally. And I started taking all of these accounts and I started buying real estate, digital real estate. I started buying accounts on top of me growing accounts. And I used those accounts to now grow these accounts. So now Grumpy Cat, as I'm creating these, these memes and everything like that, and just making it real funny with the little meme mug face. And it just, and I put it on autopilot. I literally wasn't even worried about the cat. It was just going, like I had everything scheduled out. I had the page going. I I had like just normal retweets going out. Mm -hmm. And I went back to it and it went from 30,000 followers. I came back 30 days later. It had like 300,000 followers. Dang. Like in 30 days. And I wasn't even paying it no attention. So at that point, I started paying it attention. I was like, oh, this about to go. So that's what, what I... What Maddie, when he was saying you can make money off tweeting, I still don't know how to make money off tweeting. Okay, so it was a, it was a website called mylights.com. And off this website, mylights.com, you do traffic acquisition, which basically means that I'm going to send traffic to the website and sell ads against it. Mm. So... People are bidding in real time for banner placements on the website. And once we send the traffic, which is from little links, we might say, yo, six six ways to know your man is cheating on you. Click the link below. Boom. They click the link. They go to go rush to learn how they know if they man cheating on you. <laughs> and we got ads on that. We make money. At that point, I was making like three to five thousand dollars a day. Passive. Really? Passive. It was a passive income because once I figured out the formula, I put it on autopilot. I start automating everything. And that's how Grumpy Cat took off because it was automated. All the rest of my accounts is automated. So I was running like, I was running like 30 accounts mm. all at one time, posting at least like 10 tweets a day. Dang. Viral content. It just took off. Yeah. And then I realized that I can do that I had that skill set, and I was like, well, celebrities already got the followers. All I got to do is do a partnership. I utilize my skill set on growing millions of followers on Twitter and transition to Facebook because now mm. Facebook took over. Facebook was now the new way to make money because Twitter kind of like took a dive. What year is this? Around about? This was around, I think, like 2010. Girl. And it, it just took off. It took off like crazy on Facebook because Facebook algorithm thought that they loved the content because right. they was clicking the crap out of it. So they was like, yo, this is it. This is the content. But you manufactured it. I was, yo, I, yo, I I'll post one post. I'll go to sleep, wake up to three grand. When Facebook hit, the numbers tripled. Wow. Because... Okay, you're driving traffic to this website, and you just, I guess, maybe it's like an order form or something like that where you can just put a, your ad Just a blog. Banner. Regular blog. And they'll just pay for the ad placement. That's it. Dang, that's crazy. 
All right, so explain the parody accounts. So a parody account is basically a fan account, a role plan account. I'm pretending to be Will Ferrell, speaking in his voice. And as I'm speaking in his voice, the people see his profile, and then they made me put parody. Twitter made me put parody account on there. I'm like, all my accounts got suspended. They said I was impersonating people. Damn. I put fan accounts, but it was like, nah, that ain't good enough. Put parody accounts. Let them know your role plan. So they deleted all my accounts, gave them back, told me to put parody on there. And then it was just like me acting, acting, acting like I was Will Ferrell. And mm-hmm. it, it was to the point where they would say, yo, Will Ferrell, you need to be like this Will Ferrell. <laughs> Because Will Ferrell don't have all day to sit there right, and right. make you laugh all day. So right. Angelina Jolie, she did love quotes. Will Ferrell, I had him cracking jokes. Um, I had Jay-Z, he was inspirational. Will Smith was inspirational. Hey. Yeah, yeah. And I just built them all up, the millions of followers. So is that, was that play doing the same thing with, the ad traffic or was that for another purpose? No, that was all solely based on the ad traffic. Because the more followers I had, the more money I was making. Yeah. So it was to the point where every time I refresh, I go up like $50, $100, $50. Like I just keep refreshing. Bro, it's so crazy because today people can't figure out how to turn their followers into money. Yeah. And you've been doing it for a decade now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Can you help me make some money? That's easy. Okay, what would the be what would be the first thing you had me do? So if I had you make money, the first thing I would do is figure out a product that fit your brand the most. Okay. But what I would do is I'd test at least 30 products at one time. How? Would I have to post 30 products? I would do it through Facebook ads, Instagram ads. Oh, so coming from my account, we'll nope, run it. I wouldn't do it on your account yet. I'll test the model first. I'll test all the products, right? You can get products. you can get products on AliExpress. You can get products, you know. Oh, you actually get the physical product in just to see if the product is good. Exactly. Got it. You want to make sure it's a viral product, right? You can take products, test it out, test the market out, see what hits the best based on what you feel is best for your brand. Gotcha. So you test... 20, 30 products out, test them all at one time, give them like small budgets, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, and then whichever one rise to the top based on return on investment, ROI, then I'll literally take that one product and then I'll repackage it around my brand. Mm. So once you repackage it around your brand, you can tell the same manufacturer to alter that product to make it yours now. And now you have your own product. You have a manufacturer. You have everything you need mm. to make sure that you, your, your product is actually going to hit. Because you tested it already. It's proven. Right. You're not going to the market guessing what people want. The last thing you want to do is guess what people want. You want to know based on data. You could know, but see. You want to make sure. What would be a good product? Through analytics. What would be a good product for me? I mean, if you had a product, I would test glasses. I would see, I would based, based on who you are, I would probably test hat because you always wear the hat backwards. Mm-hmm. I would test glasses. Okay. I would test like a workbook. 
all right, to write mm-hmm. notes from your podcast. I would test. Just a regular, like a notebook, like a, like but a blank structure, notebook? Structure based on how your podcast is set up. So I would have morning meetup notes, oh. right? I would have, I would have, you know, um, social proof. Whatever, however you structure it, you might have a book of the day, right? So like on every page you'll have, you know, morning meetup, like you'll map out the day, social proof, boom, podcast for that time. So you're training them on how you want them to actually be and think and move throughout the oh day. My God. And then right at the end, you can put like affirmations, right? You can put a book of the day. What did, what did you learn from that book from that day? Like, you know, I'm just off the top of my head, but that's something I would do. That would be another product. I would think of just different, def, definitely a digital product. Mm-hmm. You know, repurpose what you're saying. You've done this multiple times. Yeah, I do this all the time. Like, I, it's easy. Can we partner on something? What you trying to look? Well, like? I don't know. What would I have to do? Okay, so let me ask you. Would I, would I have to, like, be your client? Or, like, can we partner on something? So can this is what happened. Bring- so I created my agency, Awazar, right? And I used to do service-based business. And now I just, I don't take anybody. Like, I got a waiting list over 100 people. Because I was, my team would literally, you'll bring us on, you'll give us our retainer, and we would literally make somebody a quarter million dollars in a month off of like a $5,000 ad spend. Mm. And we would consistently do that to the point where I was just like, yo, why are we making everybody else all this money? We're only getting this. I don't really want to partner with them. So how about I just continue the clients we have, keep those going, and let me focus on my own products, my own, my own hire myself as a, as a client, yeah. and, um, and then focus on partnerships with different influencers or celebrities and things like that, but only really pick the right people. So that birthed the company, that was our technologies, where we built out a technology. Well, now we're going to do this same structure on testing out hundreds of products, seeing what float to the top. Once we know what floats to the top, we're going to take that. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. 
Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. And we're going to pick an influencer and we're going to match him up with a product. And we're going to make the next Kylie Jenner with the next Kali Cosmetics. And then the next component to that is called Social Seed, where we change the way that your favorite, that your most, um, we change the way that fans support their favorite influencer. Okay. So we're going to make it where <clears throat> your top 1,000 fans could invest in your product before launch. Dang. Goodness gracious. Okay, first off, so you're part of influencers. I just got over 100,000, so I'm technically... You, you're an influencer. I'm technically you influencer you, right you there? So you we, there? We, can, we can put something together? We can partner? You know, I got to run it through the team. <laughs> <laughs> that means uh, I'm going to need that retainer, regardless, <laughs> brother. No, no, no. How cool we are. Give me that retainer. I, I respect it, though, because if we can... You make quarter million dollars in a month. Like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, it's easy. That. But you'll be surprised how easy it is. People think once you have the data, you can do whatever you want with that data. Mm. You can literally take lookalike audience, which is basically when somebody buy your product, you can have a hundred people that purchase. And what it tells Facebook is, hey, Facebook, take all that information. They put it all in one little bundle and then they see what all is, what all attributes do they have that's similar. Right. And then they go and look at your interests, see what you're interested in, who are you following. And they go follow, they go find more people that look just like that. Right. So if you like Pretty Ricky, David Shans, and Jordan shoes, and you purchase from Spectacular, then nine out of ten, if you find people that like those three things, nine out of ten, they're gonna like me too. Gotcha. gotcha. So they'll put that hundred people in a bucket and go find a million more people that's just like that. And once you find a million more people like that, and you put your same as that product right in front of them, sales skyrocket. Goodness gracious. Yeah, I wanna I I wanna I wanna like go go back and then get back to where we are, but pretty Ricky. Mm-hmm. How old were you when y'all started? And how did y'all start? How did y'all pretty Ricky? Are y'all real friends or somebody put that together put put y'all together? Nah, we family, man. Like real blood family or Diamond is my bro brother. Baby blue, I keep calling my government, my bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. so blue is your blood brother. Yeah. Your blood brother. Yeah. Same. Same yeah. parents. Same mom, same dad. Oh, wow. And then Slick is my cousin. And then Pee, we knew him for so long, we call him a brother. But, you know, that's a childhood friend. Mm-hmm. So we already had, like, chemistry. I literally never wanted to be a rapper. Really? I got forced to be a rapper. What did you want to do before this whole... I, I just wanted to be an entertainer. I used to just be in a dance group, dancing on stage, having fun. Like, And it's great we, we did the interview in Miami, mm-hmm. right? Because in Miami, they call it dancing, booty shaking. That's what they call it, booty mm-hmm. shaking. And that's all I cared about was dancing on stage. I used to dance in front of 3,000 fans. Uh, they call it the Omni, the National Guard, Martin Luther King Parade. I was always on stages. So my dad used to see Hold me. Hold you were always on stages doing what? Dancing. I used to be in a dance group. Like dancing so you were in a dance group? Yeah. So what this Talent shows, this dance groups. This is just, this ain't something you just like to do. Like you were actually competing. Yeah, we compete. Yeah, we did all that. We so did. how'd you put the dance group together? 
Where, where your brother was your was was pretty Ricky a dance group first or no? So you was doing? so it was something I was doing, and then Blue seen what I was doing, and he jumped in. He was in the dance group too. He wasn't the best, but you know he could. He, <laughs> he had a little solo that he could do. He could make the crowd get on their feet. Right, right. So we was in a group called Baby Forever Nasty. Baby Forever Nasty. Yeah. That was and the name of the group? That was the name of the group. And we was all like in, in middle school. We was all in middle school and even elementary, fifth grade, because the, the, the main group name was Forever Nasty. Mm-hmm. And they, they was the group that was teaching us. So we was baby Forever Nasty. How old was the Forever Nasty group? They was like, they was in high school. And some was out of high school, like just out of high school. Forever Nasty. And then y'all was baby. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So what did they end up doing? Anything? Do you know do you still know those guys, those people? Yeah, actually, one of the main people that taught me how to do dance routines and everything literally reached out to me the other day and asked me to mentor them. Really? Yeah, that, it went 360. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so you baby forever nasty. That might be the name of the podcast, baby forever nasty. <laughs> so baby forever nasty, and you're dancing, and then what? So, once I was in the dance group, my dad got out of prison. He was in prison for 12 years. Really? Yeah, he got out of prison. And when he came around, he used to see me in the dance. He used to, he didn't like it. He just felt like, you know, certain people, street dudes ain't really like the, the dancers. And then the dancers weren't really rocking with the street mm-hmm. dudes. So it was like either, so my dad, he's a straight, hardcore street dude. It's like, man, right here dancing, man. That's for gay guys. That's for punks, right? Like, he used to talk crap to me. Like, really? Yeah. So it's like, if you're going to do that, get in the group with your brothers. So that's what made them put me on the stage with them. So I was the dude that was just on stage dancing. They will rap. I'd be over there dancing, doing my thing. And one day, the producer named Jim Johnson, he did all the biggest records right now. He's like, all the number one records by the biggest names in the industry. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, why you don't put, why don't you get spec, put spec on the songs? I mean, spec can't rap. You know, I can't. I don't want to rap. You know, so it's like, man, all right, put them on a song. They put me on a song, and it was history. I did my one little verse once. You know, they never heard no girl scream that loud before. They was like, you really? know what? Put them on all the songs. What song was that where, like, people really started feeling it? It was a song called Ching Chang. It's throwback, bro. I see these names, Ching Chang. Forever Nasty. Yeah. He got baby Forever Nasty. Yeah, yeah. It was back then, Ching man. Was, yeah. Do you remember Ching your bars? Nah, I ain't... Nah, stop. <laughs> you remember it with your... <laughs> <laughs> Lucerie. So, so you, would get, you, you would rap and then, like, the girls go crazy. They would go crazy. And I was always, like, in the... I used to be in weight training back then. So when I was in all my high school, I was in weight training. So by the time I took my shirt off, oh, yeah, they yeah. then uh, fell out on the damn crowd. Because, like, I was... I was built for my age. Mm-hmm. So... The average 18-year-old wasn't really built. 17-year-old wasn't really built like I was because right. I was just in the gym every day heavy mm. weight training. So, okay. so that helped out. So now I'm in the group Pretty Ricky. Now, so Pretty Ricky, how'd y'all come up with the name? Do you remember? So our name was Pretty Ricky and the Mavericks. Who and was, Who was Ricky? Nobody was, nobody was Ricky. <laughs> I'm thinking somebody was like Ricky, but. Nobody was Ricky, bro. I don't know what I get. <laughs> Nah, honestly, so my older brother was in the group and in one of his songs that went viral before we was like, actually like, we was on the bench, right? Mm-hmm. And then my, my my big brother, 
he was the main person. He was like the Nelly, basically. Right, right. And he was taken off in Miami. His name was Papa Smurf, right? And in the song, one of the songs, he was like, the ladies called him Pretty Ricky Ricky. Like, girl, that's sticky, thicky, thicky. So, right, like, right. that was one of his little lines. And everybody was like, you the, you the Pretty Ricky Ricky. Like, like, everybody used to come up to him and say that to him. Oh. And me, Slick, and um, Baby Blue was the Mavericks. We was the Mavericks. So they put him together with us so he can give us some steam and make us grow faster. Mm -hmm. So he was popping. We was the Mavericks. We was on the bench, but we was the heartthrobs, but we was just waiting for our time. We came together as Pretty Ricky and the Mavericks. And then as we we performed and after the show, girls were like, Pretty Ricky and the Mavericks, who Pretty Ricky? And they always point at me. It's like, he Pretty Ricky? And then... To the point where it's just like to the point they kept saying I was pretty Ricky. They just named me the pretty Ricky. Yeah, you couldn't be a Maverick. Yeah, I couldn't be a Maverick. It's like I was the pretty Ricky guy now. So now they start calling me pretty Ricky. So my brother ain't like that, of course, because now mm, that, you know, and, yeah. and then and then like everybody, all the record labels and everybody was like, well, he doesn't fit us because he's a he's my older brother. Mm. And we was all young, the same age. So they made him back a solo artist and then made us a group. Mm. And then we was Pretty Ricky and the Mavericks. And then when we, and I was Pretty Ricky, my brothers was the Mavericks, Pleasure joined the group, and now we have a singer and three rappers, Pretty Ricky and the Mavericks. And then we got signed to Atlanta Records, after we created Grind On Me, mm-hmm. was the first song we ever did with Pleasure. Crazy. Out the box. Now, let me ask you real quick, before you go into that. Did your brother feel a way when he almost got kicked out of the group he came to help? Technically. Did he get mad or was he like, all right, great, because I didn't want to be around all these people. Did <laughs> pretty <Ricky> anyway? <laughs> I just think it was kind of uncomfortable based on the audience. Because imagine you performing in front of a crowd and then when you come up, you don't really get no screams like that. Right. And then we come up, it's ah! Because it's just two different demographics. So I don't know if he felt uncomfortable or not. I'm pretty sure he probably did based on like the reactions. You ever about it? Nah, I never really talked to him about it. Mm. Never really talked to him about it. music? Uh, nah, he ain't doing music. No? Nah. What's he doing? Do you know? I mean... My brother passed. Really? Yeah. Oh, he, he passed from a brain aneurysm. Oh, my gosh. How yeah. long ago? When he was 34, and that was like three, four years ago. Oh, man. I'm starting to hear that. Yeah. Goodness gracious. God won them early. It is what yeah, it is. Yeah, Golly. So you're— But you're, I, never, I, never really, I never really asked him that. I never really asked him that, but I know— that he felt some way because um, because of how it all turned out. Like, he was like the main person, and then from being the main person and not being the main person, I think that that had a toll on him. Yeah, for sure. Because, like, he used to have the vans with his face wrapped on it. It went from his face to our face now. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I think that, it probably was something there. Yeah. But, but I mean, but y- y'all relationship never strained. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, we was always good. Yeah. We was like, 
we had that Virgo to Virgo. I don't know if you know Virgos to Virgos, but we airtight. Like, you know, he was always like, yeah, he was like the main, main, main man. Wow. So y'all, y'all make the, y'all make the song grind on me. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just out of here. So basically what happened was they had the song and they took the song and every day they just played it one time a night, one time a night. And they called so many times, like, yo, if you don't my play, radio station. grind on me, Power 96, we broke the record for the number one most requested record in the history really? of the radio station. It went viral. It went, it went crazy. And this was before, this was before it was, uh, this was before they had any social media. So we used to go, we used to perform so many times. We would post, I mean, we would, we would perform one time, then two times a day, then went to three times a day. And every time we did a show, we got booked for another show. Wow. And my dad understood the re- re- reciprocation rule. So what he would do is he would tell them, even though at the time they was offering us money to perform, he would say, nah, you owe me. Do me a favor. Or whenever I need you, just be there for me. Or mm. get us another show. We'll do it for free. Just get us another show. And we was performing so much. When they say Pretty Ricky and the Mavericks is coming to the stage, all the girls are rushed to the stage just by hearing the name because we performed so much. And we practiced on our craft of performing before we even really understood music. What do you mean? What was that regimen look like? Because we would go and practice literally every day for four hours. Mm. For years. At least like seven, eight years before we finally popped. Every day. Hold on, bro. Hold on. So y'all every practicing day. four hours a day. Every, every day. day. For years. For years. Only like we probably like the weekends, we probably wouldn't do it because we'll be out performing. But weekdays, because we know we had a show coming up on the weekend. So we'll perform every day to the weekend come. Perform the same, pretty much the same songs though. Same exact thing. Re- repetition. Every single day, the same exact show. Every single day. Wow. Which we, explains why you guys, like, it, y'all popped. Like, you're, you're really, really good. If you, like, you're, you're, not only are you performing on a regular basis, you're practicing on a regular basis, meaning you got this routine down. Y'all not going to miss a beat. We never missed a beat. Goodness gracious. Never missed a beat. Yeah, and it took off. We, uh... Ground and went platinum. Your body went platinum. On the hotline went platinum. Like, mm. why? So, there was, that, was a, that was a good run of music. Mm-hmm. When did it start to slow down? So, it slowed down when my father was handling all the money. He was the record label. He was the manager, which is already a conflict. We was 18 coming in the game. So, we was... We was... Your dad was a manager this whole time. He was the manager. He was the manager. Then he had somebody help him manage. Right. Then he transitioned to the to the label owner. And then we had, like, a manager that he had doing his work for him. But, you know, the day-to-day of it. But, yeah, he, he didn't really make too many great decisions. Because he understood the streets. Excuse me. He understood the streets. But he didn't understand the corporate. When you go corporate, like, it's a whole nother beast. Mm-hmm. You got to understand that paperwork. You got to understand how to get in those rooms and have those conversations. 
And he he knew it good enough to get us in the door, to get us platinum, but he couldn't take it to that, you know, to the next level. He had to pass that off. And I think it was too late before he realized he had to pass it off. Oh, you know, wow. he made some uh some bad investments with the money and like just left be broke. Like when you zero. Say bad investments with the money. Investing in your career just in the wrong way or like invested in like your other stuff, just doing stuff that ain't had nothing to do with music. Really? Did he ever, was he like talking to you about it or he was just like doing we, it? We had family meetings all the time, but nah, we didn't, we didn't really have a say in like how he did the business. You know, he'll bring us around certain environments so we can see because he was always mentoring us on like, you know, the game and like integrity is everything. Your name, you know, your name is everything. If you tell somebody you're going to do something, you do it. Like, you know, different morals and like negotiation skills, how to make money. Like he taught us all that. Mm. But he didn't understand how to invest and how to deal with the big boys when it came to certain infrastructures. Gotcha, gotcha. So y'all, I mean, pretty much independent. Your manager just creates a label mm-hmm. and signs you all to the label that he created. So y'all are independent. But he controlled everything. So we're not independent. He's independent. <laughs> Oh, man. It's the difference. Did he sign other people to his label? We signed a couple people, but it never took off because, like I said, the infrastructure and understanding certain things to have a successful business, he only could take it so far without the right talent. He was running it like like street hustle. He had, he put people in place, but that wasn't their expertise. Imagine going to hire somebody that all they do all day is marketing and you put them on payroll. Imagine hiring somebody that builds companies for a living and you have them as your COO. Like he didn't have any of that. He had Pookie, literally Pookie. 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 That was his nickname, Pookie. (laughs) You had Pookie. You had freaking, like you had the role manager. You had him and you had my brother trying to run the whole label. There's Mm. no way. And then I started on the social media stuff because I felt like it was lacking, right? So you, oh, hold on. So you, you were doing the social media for Pretty Ricky, Pretty Ricky, yeah, because it was lacking. And yeah. um, and this is like Twitter, Facebook days. Yeah, I MySpace days. I I made us number one on MySpace at the time. They had like a hundred million users. I was the number one profile. Pretty Ricky was the number one profile. Oh wow! Yeah, dang. Mm-hmm. All right, so you when you feel the decline. What's going, th- what's going on through your head when you're like, yo, this music stuff, it's not. Nah, one day he told us we was broke. We was like, we had no money. It's like, that's it. We got to figure out what we doing. How you, how you just one day, yo, we ain't got no money, y'all. And I know you're thinking, hold on, we sold how many records? We doing shows all the time. $50,000 shows, just handing them 100% of the money. So are you questioning how? How did we go broke, Dad? He, he's not a dad you question. It's not one of those ball games. You know, it's not one of those like, yo, what you do? <laughs> <laughs> go get Jazzy Jeff. For <laughs> those issues. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but like he just, he's just like, yo, is it? Like we ain't really, ain't nothing. And what's going on through your head? What are you feeling in your heart right now? I never, like, really cared about money. 
So to me, it wasn't nothing. It was when he kicked me out, though. He kicked me out of the house. We had a a, a debate about something, right? And we, With the music? It was about somebody in the music industry, right? Are you, are you allowed to talk about it? I don't really want to talk about it, right. but it was somebody in the music industry. We was doing, like, it was like we was working on, like, a, a huge record, that we felt was huge. And there was another artist, but he wasn't really rocking with the artist. Got mad, like, got upset, like, just kicked me out the house. I have no money, no clothes. I have nothing. It was me, uh, Jamie, and my son. Wow. Yep. How long ago was that? That was, uh, I don't know. I don't know when that was. I think, what, 2012 or something like that? Wow. So you rock with Jamie for a minute. Shout out to Jamie. Yeah. I like Jamie. Man. She's <laughs> yeah. like a, she just, she's so sweet, but she's a powerhouse. At the same time, you can tell she just has a heart for people, man. So mm-hmm. shout out to Jamie. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So he so y'all was in the house and he kicks y'all out the house. Out. I ain't had no wheels, no money, with his no grand clothes. Job. Yep, out. Dang. And was that the end of the relationship? It went sour after that. You know, it went sour because it was just like, for real? He 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 offered me to come back. But at that point, I was like, nah. I'm and what good. were you, what were your plans? So Jamie's mom told me I could come stay with her, stay out of the house for six months. Mm-hmm. And um I went there and that's the time I got that call from Maddie J. Right when I got kicked out. Really? So Maddie calls you and said, yo, you can make money on Twitter. Let's make this money. Mm-hmm. He was getting a referral fee. That's when they was giving out the iPads and all that. Mm-hmm. But it was a blessing, you know, because I wouldn't have been doing what, I was, what I'm doing right now in terms of monetization because I was already, you know, kind of dipping and dabbing in it. But mm-hmm. when he told me that, I was like, oh, what's this? And then I was, that was game over. Mm-hmm. At, at that point, I was like, oh, I got to go hard. Not only I ain't got no money. Moms, moms let me live for free in a little room Jamie grew up in. Dang. I went in a little den on a little computer, and they had to beg me to come to sleep. Like, I was sleeping probably three, four hours a Working. day, if, if that. You know what's so cool, too? Because you have the, I mean, you have, like, the habit of work ethic. So whether mm-hmm. it's the music, practicing every single day, mm-hmm. if you don't have that to work towards, whatever you, else you put your hands on, you're going to, like, give it that same intensity. And and it was kind of a blessing that I didn't have to worry about money with him. He handled all the money. So my mind was always on focus on the growth craft. and the craft and everything I needed to do to perfect. So once I kind of perfected it, I knew the money was going to come. And I didn't have to worry about it because he was handling it. So it kind of put me in a position where I don't care about money. Like, I could lose everything tomorrow, and it don't mean nothing to me. Like, literally, take everything, zero, down to zero dollars. Like, I'll be cool. Going through what you went through, were you and your your dad and your mom together at that point? No, no, no. No. Going through that situation with your dad, just as a man, right, um, how did that affect you as a father? Do you see see anything— of your dad in you? I would say yes, based on his temperament. Mm-hmm. 
But understanding that is an issue to, I mean, it's a pro and a con. But I know how to control it better because I know it's it's something that I can turn on and turn off when I need it. Do you feel yourself like even to your son, um, your son, right? Hmm? You have a son, right? Yeah, two. Okay. You have two two sons. Mm-hmm. Do do you ever see yourself as that person? Like you don't you don't talk to you don't question daddy. That it could be necessary, but at the same time, it may restrict freedom of speech, right? Nah, I'm I'm real open with my my kids. Like I let them I let them express themselves. Like I'm a strong believer. In, like let them let them go on the path they want. And I help guide them through that process. Uh-huh. So if I see them about to go left, and I know it's like, like a pothole over there. Mm-hmm. Like I let their feet get like right on the edge of it for so they can feel it a little bit, mm-hmm. but still save them, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of like I'm that type of dad where I let them feel it, I let them experience it, but not let them take that big ass L where they yeah. just gonna be devastated, but they still take a micro L. Have you ever had like sat down and talked to your dad about how you feel though? Yeah, on on TV, loving hip hop. I literally cried on TV. Really? Yes, cried on TV, and that's how me and him immense our relationship. On TV, like it was real. Cried like, like like that. <laughs> like yeah, and ever since that, we we've been cool. Amazing. From Amazing. TV, who would have thought? Loving hip hop. That's crazy. Miami. So, so you're on Love and Hip Hop, and I, and for the most part, most people don't know how to monetize that, but you did. Yeah, yeah I monetized. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. How did how did you not let it like go bad for you? Because it goes bad for a lot of people. So this shows. is so I basically put myself in positions where I can be myself, mm-hmm. versus it being like I just think I just brought a different dynamic versus a lot of people on the show. Really don't have their monetization strategy set up. They go on, they get the hype, they do everything but the monetization strategy. I already had my strategy going in. I was like, what would Diddy do if he was in this situation? And you know, it's crazy thing. I, I ask myself these questions. If I want to answer, I say, what would this person do in this situation? And really? I get real, real answers because you know how that person thinks, like based on the way they move and the way you hear him talk, the way, the way you see him do things. So when you ask yourself the question, what would this person do? You get a real answer. Mm-hmm. And the day that I met Diddy for the first time, I, I asked him the question. I said, what would you do if you was in this situation? He literally told me verbatim what I thought and executed on. He told me he would have did. Wow. So I utilized that for my employees too. They don't even ask me questions no more. They ask themselves, what would Spec do? And they get the answer. Why? So when they ask you a question, do you ask them, what do you think I would do? All the time. But now I switch it on them just on a leadership perspective. I say, what would you do? But if they got something that needs to get cleared by me, they first ask themselves, what would Spec do? And they get their own answer and they don't have to, they don't have to bug me because they already know what I'm going to say. So why you got to talk to me? I'm starting to see why your company's growing so big. <laughs> it's very funny. Nah, for real, man. Like, yeah. Because you see it, and I feel like, like in your head, like you see, like, and I don't know, but I feel like you see these pictures of how things should be, like how things should go. And you know, talking to you just 
um, just on a personal level, just like outside of obviously this podcast, I've, I've been able to talk to you and just identify how you think. It just seems like you think in pictures and like the things just should go together. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. when you when you're building your company, Adwazar, mm-hmm. from kind of the the cat parody and the um, you know kind of the viral cat and the, the celebrity parodies, was it Adwazar then? No, it was it was another company name. I rebranded it because when I first started the official company, I started taking other parody accounts that seen what I was doing, and they had a leaderboard and my on my likes. That was the the traffic acquisition site. I was always number one, so I can see on the leaderboard everybody else. So I went to everybody and said, "Hey, listen, I'm number one. Clearly, you under me, right? And you're under me, clearly. Right? So because everybody can see the leaderboard." How about I take my same skill set on what I know how to do. You ain't got to do nothing. You sit back. You hand over the page to me. I'm going to monetize it and build it for you. And you give me a percentage. I locked down like 10 pages just off of that. So I took that same model and I transitioned it into hours. Where I rebranded it and I started focusing on celebrities. And did the same as that partnerships. You think you're smart? Do I think I'm smart? Define smart, like, like the str- strategic thinker, just like just the the, the smartest person in the room. No, for I'm reason, not the I feel like I, I I don't feel like I'm um. I actually don't feel like I'm that smart in terms of mm-hmm. like um. In I don't know I don't I can't say not intelligent, but there's some things that my mind just doesn't process. So right now, I still don't 100. percent understand how you monetize Twitter, even though you told me. And my mind's trying to follow it. And I'm like, yeah. all right, well, okay, you send people to the banner, but do they pay and you systematize? That's why I feel like you just, you look, you see things in pictures. So Wait, in terms can of- Can you clearly define see things in pictures? Um, <laughs> so for instance, um, I had a friend. Um, he was never afraid to talk to women. Uh, that was always my thing. I was just, I always take the friend. I just know going to a situation, I'm going to take the friend. It's all good. But in his head, he knows how this thing's going to work out. Right. It's almost like... A visionary. Visionary. From walking up, what he's going to say, what she's going to say, how it's going to go, his rebuttal, where they're going to go later. But that's based on experience. That's all that is. You can predict the future when you know what you know. Hmm. And that's what happened with your boy. He done been through it so many times, he can already predict the next move. The thing is, I think... So, for instance, in these interviews, I never know how they're going to go. We've done hundreds, over hundreds of joints. Mm-hmm. And I don't... Like, even, like, if I'm, if I'm building a business, it's always, like, a real organic thing. Like, we didn't run no ads to the morning meetup. We have, like, hundreds and hundreds of people in it. But literally, day-to-day, I'm just focusing on... Delivering today, and I'm 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 trying to get into it now. Looking at the numbers and analytics stuff like that, but I just don't. I don't know if I put the whole play together in my head. Mm-hmm. I just keep walking. Like, remember, I asked you, I, okay, I got this product and this product, and I don't know what to do. You're like, well, okay, structure it this way, put it in the photo. <laughs> this you're gonna run traffic today, and like, and even after the call, I'm like, all right, I know what I'm gonna do. And then I hang up. I was like, hold on, what he said? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at my notes like. Uh, that's why I'm saying like smart but you told me something we was at a restaurant um, 
where you were like, yo, you don't even have to be smart. You mm-hmm. said something like that earlier mm-hmm. today. Explain that. Do you remember? Yeah. No, I feel like people focus on the wrong thing to be wealthy. And the reality is if you focus on certain key elements, key points, you can accomplish that. One is relationships. If you can master relationships, you'll get opportunities that the normal person would never get because they don't have the relationship. Mm. The second thing is making sure you have the drive to do it, being persistent and consistent. Those three, being consistent and persistent with the right networking skills to build relationships, the people skills, with those three as a combination for wealth. Dang, that's crazy. It's easy. And then by you knowing this information, that's just hit me. you can utilize it in a way where you have the ups on anybody you meet because, oh, that's trying to do the same thing you're trying to do because you understand that that's what you need. Because the information is going to come based on a relationship. If right now I wanted to start let's say an e-com brand and I knew nothing about e-commerce I can call one of my relationships and now I know everything because he's just going to tell me. And then you'll consistently work at it and be persistent once things don't go well. You God, and it just hit me because the same example that I was using like with this podcast, I, those are the only three things I have. I'm consistently dropping. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations or multiple systems on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Every single week, I'm persistent. I'm, I'm going to get the interviews. And I'm, I'm just focused on good relationships. Done. Dang, that's genius. You are smart. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So now if you think about it, like 
we built our relationship, right? You decided you have morning meetup. You want to create more products to add more value to your audience. What we did, we got on a call, gave you my time, and you, like, we mapped out something crucial. Mm-hmm. But you didn't know that before the call. That's real. And I took a few keys, the ones that my brain would retain. That's it. And I started implementing. And in the fu- actually, we just built the funnel. You're right, man. So I'm kind of smart a little bit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Consistence, persistence, and relationships. That's it. People skills. Dang. And that's why I always recommend at least three books. One is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Classic. Influence. Those are the relationship books. And then you have Think and Grow Rich, which is the mindset. And then once you get the money, Richest Man in Babylon. We just finished that. Yeah, that's that fire book. Yeah, Th- those are those are my those are my books right there. And of course, so, on, how to win friends and influence people, and then influence. Mm-hmm. And then think and grow rich. And those grow are my rich. those are the three. Those are the three that you need. Mindset that's going to keep you consistent and persistent, and then building relationships with the other two books. Mm. Okay. You know what? My next book, we're actually reading The Slight Edge right now. The next book for our book club is going to be How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yes, it is. Golly, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. Who are your mentors? So I have three mentors. I I have Master P, who's my mentor. And I think he just relates the most to me. Like, he's just an overall mentor, just on life, my life mentor. Mm -hmm. And then you have Jeff Hoffman. Uh, he co-founded Priceline.com. Um, I think he sold it for $64 billion. And, um, and then I have another mentor named David S. Um, that mentors David me. David Chance? Or? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> he <laughs> he said, said the no, name no. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those are my three mentors. So how did you get this relationship? At a value. Out of value, I just out of value to everybody, you know. Like P, I, I I know that so many people come to him all the time. Like I see like real celebrities try to like rock with him, but he just he a certain person that got you know you gotta you gotta attract to you. And um and I, and and this is a this is another part about building relationships. His main man, his right hand man, is his name is Juggy. I was building with Juggy when I was on the top of the world. I always treated him with respect. Every time I hit his city, I showed him love. Um, I I always, like, you know, called him, kept in touch with him, text him on holidays, like, gave him calls randomly. And when I went to go meet Master P, guess who right on the side of him? Juggy. And guess what Master P going to do? You know him? What you think about him? Yeah. And I've passed with flying colors. Building relationships. Relationships, everything. So now, when it came time to build another relationship, he was a stepping stool to help push me to the next level, which was building with Master P. Gotcha. So when I met Master P, I actively watched and seen what he needed and made it happen for him without him having to ask me anything. He jumped on Instagram. He had Master P. Miller. Mm -hmm. I went and got a Master P. 
He jumped on Instagram. He had 5,000 followers. I got all his pages merged. He had 300,000. Mm. He jumped on with Master P with 300,000 followers. I got him verified. So they need to know you, Master P. Mm-hmm. He started sorry, a charity. Real quick, real quick, side note, and this is so selfish. Can you get me verified? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to ask why I was fresh in my brain. Yeah. You, you think you do something like that for me? I'll figure it out. Okay. Yeah. Right, cool. Okay. Proceed. I'm sorry. But you know how social media go. You know, they go in and out. They get fired. They get hired. You know, so you got to make sure the plug is still there. I, didn't, I haven't utilized it in a while. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Proceed. That was but yeah. selfish. So <laughs> I ain't mad at you. Close mouth, don't get fed. For sure. So. Oh, another thing I love about Access shall receive. So mm-hmm. you don't ask you, you shall not receive. Ask. All right, so back to the story. So now he had a, a nonprofit where he, not a nonprofit, but he does his philanthropist work and he gives out hot plates, like 5,000 hot plates every single Thanksgiving. For Christmas, he give away thousands of toys to the kids all in Compton. And I seen the charity I hit all of my clients and got them posted on like 50 celebrity pages. Wow. And sent them the links. Value. Adding value. That's it. And I I caught his attention because I'm doing what others ain't doing. Everybody got their hand out. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he invited me to come to his Bible study every week at his house. No limit Bible study. He does a no limit Bible study? Really? Nobody knew he don't talk about it. Nobody knows like that. Hmm. Okay, P, I see you out here. Every I want to I want, I want know, like, uh, what you learned from these people. Oh, real quick, so I got to ask. Are you able to talk about the Disney World thing, or is it still Di- litigation? Nah, it's still a little, little, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little, Are you able to tell the story of what happened, though? Or? I can't tell a story yet, but I'll give you the story once I can tell the story. Okay, yeah, that was... <laughs> I, was like, I saw the joint on Shaver. I said, what? What is happening right now? But then they took it down, so that was cool. You mm-hmm. must got a plug over there. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Give me, um, it, 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 we, we, we're going to wrap this thing up. Give me something that you learned from all these mentors. So you said Jeff Hoffman, uh, Master P, and David S. Is it David S. like Yeah, David Shrife. Shrife, yeah. Oh, Shrife. Okay, not Shans. Okay. Master P. Give me one thing that, like, you you take away that you implemented that changed your life when you found Changed my life. You're in no competition with nobody but yourself. All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you, finally, you asked for it, and we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, the how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So it's about that time. We put together a Patreon. We put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships, okay? So check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. The support is appreciated, okay? Thank you so much. Now back to the episode. Mm. That bar was heavy on me. I went to buy my first house for the first time and I had this house with the double stairs, toll brother house, big boy, like, it was millions for it. Then I had another house that was just like, you know, Emma too. 
It was just whatever, you know, but it was fire still. Mm-hmm. You know, it was still fire, but it wasn't the other one. Mm-hmm. And I call him, get my mentorship on. I was like, yo, P, about to buy my first house. He's like, congratulations, bro. What you about to get? I was like, man, I don't know, man. It's two houses. I'm confused. It's like, is this one? Hit him with all the details, like basketball court in the back, tennis court, like all that. And then I was like, I got this one. It's dope, you know, it's dope too. He was like, that's easy. He was like, who are you trying to impress? Mm. You ain't in no competition with nobody but yourself. It's like, get in your first house. And if you like it, see how it work out. And once you understand how it work, then you go get the bigger house. But what hit me in the conversation was, who are you trying to impress? Mm. You ain't in no competition with nobody but yourself. Dang, that's a bar. That's a bar because, I mean, especially just in this entrepreneurial world because you're in this realm of entrepreneurship that everybody's doing great things and you mm-hmm. don't want to be left behind mm-hmm. or have people think that you're being left behind and you start impressing people who don't really care. Yeah. They don't really care as much as you think they care about what you're doing. They don't care. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care. And the crazy thing is people go broke impressing people that's broke. Gotta let that one sit for a second. Golly. Okay. David S. This is so much with him because I talk to him the most. It's just strategy with him. You know, it's just so much strategy, just like, it's just so much with him. It's not what even do you a pick one up thing. From him? And maybe it's not something that he, he, he said. He, he teaches, like, he basically teaches me how to. Like, he's more of a strategy mentor. Like, if I come to him with an issue that I'm having, he'll just, like, give me, like, a different way, a different perspective on thinking about things. And, like, he just make me think even more outside of the box. Remember you say, do I think I'm smart? I think I, I'm a out-of-the-box thinker. Like, to me, it's no box. It don't even exist. You can't put me in a box that don't exist. That's why you would see me on stage on a millennial tour and you come back and— I'm on Clubhouse talking in front of a bunch of other millionaires, and then you could see me doing a course and teaching, then writing a book. Like, it ain't no box. See me on TV, on a drama show. Like, it ain't no box. You can't, you cannot put spec in the box. Mm. So he, he, he really like makes me think about things in a different perspective. That's what he's really great at. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, Jeff, Jeff Hoffman. Jeff. Get the money when you don't need it, because when you need it, they ain't going to give it to you. Were you in a situation where you needed the money or you trying to get the money? Where did you learn this lesson? I learned the lesson when I was killing it and I was getting all these offers in. And offers I took to nothing. Buy your company? Offers like in terms of capital, all these mm-hmm. offers. Everybody want to invest. Or uh, lines of credit, like mm-hmm. credit cards, like all of these different things. Excuse me. So all these different things was coming in. And then shit hit the fan for me. Because you see, I was making the money with the traffic acquisition. Facebook thought that 
People loved that. Everybody was clicking on it. It was getting 200,000 clicks. It was killing it. They did a survey, realized people hated it. They called it clickbait. They hated it. They suppressed Mm. it in their algorithms. So my company went from hundreds of thousands of dollars a month to like $40,000 in a month with $60,000, $50,000 in overhead. So that's when the conversation happened. It's like, Speck, you got to get the money when you don't need it, because when you need it, they ain't going to give it to you. That's real. That's real. You got a you got a real dope circle of mentors, man. You really, really do. And I again, ever I, I I really love talking to you, man, because um, I just I like the way you think. I really, really like the way like your your perspective, and it's it's so um, it's almost like you'll say like a bunch of steps, but it seems like one step. I, I don't know how to like explain it, but it, I get it. I get it. It's hard explaining it. So that's why I always talk, I ask you for advice because not even for what you're going to say, but more so how you're saying it. You know what I mean? I don't, it's weird, bro. It's yeah. Weird. That's all. If I ever call you and I'm asking you random questions, okay, just know. I need, <laughs> I need to, you know, try to glean on what you think. So, um, one, I want to say thank you for uh, coming on the show, man. Um, you're just a real value add. And you don't have to help me. You know what I mean? Like, I think I know you through, like, other people. You showed up at my first event, which was really dope. And then you wanted, like, 15 grand to speak. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. But you ain't know me. You know what I'm saying? Business and business. Business and business. I ain't But, um, no, nah, I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man, because I don't think people really get a chance to, I mean, outside of Clubhouse, but really just in a relaxed format of just, like, just giving the game. Because you know what? You're never really on the... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Mentor seat in Clubhouse. You're always the person hosted person hosting other people. Mm-hmm. So you're the one asking the questions for the most part that I that I see. Mm-hmm. Like you're facilitating, like you'll get all your friends together and you'll ask them questions. Mm-hmm. And I just don't get a chance to, no, I do, but I don't get a chance to hear you kind of just, just mentor and teach outside of, you know, your, your systems and strategy and stuff. So thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. I got to do a quick commercial, okay? <laughs> um, so... The, this episode is sponsored. I'll say something. Think of something really deep, okay? Because you got to close this out with something deep. 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 You got to be. You know, we ain't talking about, we ain't talking about my online business school. Let's talk we about your t- online but, business but we like, school. Like, like, it's like this, like, right? And we stopped right at the agency, but see, it was like one more layer, like, the next layer was. I don't got nowhere to go, Speck. Let's go. It's, it's I'm like, trying to be respectful of your time. It's I'm another layer. I've been to you for hours, bro. It's another layer. 
Let's go to the other layer. Okay, so, oh, first off, what was the awards? You was like top 500 fast. Inc. 5000. Inc. 5000. <clears throat> what is that? What is that list? So basically, Inc. 5000, out of 18 million companies in America, Inc. Magazine put together the top 5,000 fastest growing companies out of the 18 million. And my company was number 262nd out of 18 million companies. Dang. Fastest growing company. This year, we got two companies making. My agency is going to make it on there, and my academy is going to make it on. Out of 18 million, there's a list of 5,000. Out of 5,000, you're like top 200 something. Top 10%. Dang. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's right. Made the top 3%. How long did it take you to do that? Three years. You started three years later, you're one of the top 300 companies, fastest growing companies. I started off. My first year in business, I made like 60K. Then the second year, I had 700,000. My third year, I was at 2 million. No. Okay. What did you do to go from 60 to 700? <laughs> I need to know that. Something <laughs> happened, bro. No, it was, it, was, it was those three key elements, bro. Golly. That's it. That's it. I, like, I ain't the sharpest tool in the draw. Consistency, persistence, and relationships, your network. Yep. People. And you have two companies that's gonna make it this year. Two this year, yeah. I think this I think this year I'm gonna make like around like two thousand, two thousand on one and probably like a thousand on the other. Two different companies? Oh, because that's two different companies. Oh, so th- I'm sorry, but the, the one company, they made it already. So it's two fresh companies or that so I was already making it again gotcha. for okay, the second time. Gotcha. And then the academy is making it for the first time. So I made the list three. It's going to be three times total. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. It's our hardest award to win in business. What are the factors? Do you know? Growth. How fast is your company growing? Hmm. That's the only element. The second hardest award to win in business is the Entrepreneur 360 Award. That's, That's an award that... Ink mag, I mean, Entrepreneur Magazine facilitates. And they do it based off of innovation. Entrepreneur 360. Yeah. Okay. They do it based on innovation. Revenue. Leadership. And product. Okay. Don't quote me on that. But I think those are the four. And we made that list two times in a row. Really? Dang. Excuse me. Yeah, we made that list twice in a row. And and it's for the best privately owned companies in America. So with these awards in mind, because I one, I honestly didn't even like think of it. So I'm not like, do you focus on speed? I I love speed. I tell my team I'd rather speed any day. Like, let's fix it later. Really? Yep. Networks? I'd rather you I'd rather use 70% done. Then 100% lagging. Don't lag. Don't drag your feet. Don't try to be perfect. I need it now. <laughs> I love it. That's how you get on these lists. I need, sure. it. I need it now. You know, break it, learn, get back at it. I let my team fail as much as they want to fail. But you have to learn throughout the process. So when they do things... They make mistakes. They go. You know what happens a lot of times when you have employees? They come to you like, oh, hey, Spec, 
I got this for $50. Should we buy it? Should we buy it? Yes or no? What would Spec say? <laughs> yes, go get it, right? Or, man, I got, we got this project. You know, this looks great. What do you think about it? Or, hey, Spec, um, this was wrong and this was wrong. I don't know what to do next. What do you think we should do next? So all of that goes out the window. It's, no, this is what I tried. I tried this, this, and this, and this works now. Just letting you know. Or I tried this, this, and this, and it, I'm stuck now. I'm you're stuck. more satisfied because we went through some innovations of trying to figure this thing out. Right. I'm stuck, and this is the solution I'm thinking of. If you come to me with a problem, you should be coming to me with a solution. Don't come to me with any problem without a solution. And I just realized that I haven't been focused on speed, me personally. So speed I had this course, everything. and I shot the course. It's pretty much done. It's just, you know, it's done now, and we're getting ready to release it. But it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Well, it was supposed to be ready in, like, April. Yeah. I shot the joint. It was I shot it. it was supposed to be ready, like, April, May. Then it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Then it was supposed to be ready for Christmas. Then it was supposed to be ready for the first of the year. But I haven't been focused on speed. You would have been fired a long time ago. I would have had to fire myself. <laughs> because it's like the funnel people and the emails and all that kind of stuff. No, I, I'm being literal. You got to fire yourself. You're holding yourself back. That's the issue. You got to put somebody in place, leave them accountable, give them a deadline, and tell them they need to make it happen. Mm. They would have got done a long time ago. I need to focus on speed, bro. Mm-hmm. Dang, this is good. Building your team out. Because if you build your team out and you leave them accountable for it, then they have to make the deadline. They want to keep dragging. It's only dragging because you're the owner. You're the CEO. So you can drag your own stuff and not be accountable for it. Or you can just get an accountability partner. That's another game changer. And put money on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ain't going to lie to yourself. You get your accountability partner every single week. Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time zone. Get on the call. You're going to talk about relationships, your your relationship. You're going to talk about health. You're going to talk about learning and your business. Those are the four things you're going to talk about. And out of those four things, you need to put a dollar amount on whatever is the most important. And if that course is that, then you need to put $100, $200, whatever's going to make you move. You need to be accountable. How you be accountable, you got to lose something. That's how you move. Yeah, big facts. Oh, my gosh. All right, so so tell me about the academy yeah. and why you built it. Right, so the reason why I built the academy is because every successful business is solving a problem. And I feel, after having numerous of conversations with people who went to college, college is literally scamming people. Mm-hmm. It's set up like a scam. We're going to give you information that you don't believe in. (laughs) Because if you believed in it, you have a money-back guarantee. What do you buy without a guarantee? Name one thing other than school that you will buy with no guarantee. Mm. I have a product. The product is the school information. If you believe in it, say, yo, 
this don't work for you, you get your money back. Mm-hmm. That leave them accountable to making sure that's A1, right? Making sure they put accountability behind the information they're teaching. Right. It makes it better that way. You have more success stories. And I think if a professor know the book from the front cover to the back cover, then why he ain't in the Rolls Royce? Why he ain't in the brand new Tesla? Why he ain't like, why he's struggling? If he, if he know everything. So that shows that that information in that book ain't everything. Mm-hmm. And if millions of people graduate every single year, why it's not millions of more, min, uh, more millionaires based on the graduates? I ask in my training, I do a training. Whenever I do my training, I say in my training, do you think college was worth your investment? I would say 100% of the time, I get like 99% hell no's. <laughs> so what I decided to do was, I decided to do something about it. I'm not a talker. I don't really talk much. And even like people's like, oh, spec, you work in silence or you like, you move in silence. When I don't try to work in silence, mm-hmm. move in silence. It's just like, I just, I'm just straight to it. Like, let's mm-hmm. go. So that was a problem. So I wanted to do something about it instead of just talking about it. So I went and created my own, my own business school. So, all right, I created my business school. I preach, never reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Success leave breadcrumbs. Yeah. That's what it is. So I went to Harvard. So I was like, oh, everybody all, you know, geeked up about this. You went to Harvard? I went to Harvard. You know that? That thing was everywhere. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, I went to Harvard. But I went to Harvard. You were smart, yo. I knew it. Man, this is crazy. <laughs> I went, so I went to Harvard so I can figure out their systems. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about the information. I wanted to know their systems. How was they teaching? What, how did the professor break? Like, what was the type of questions the professor was asking? What was the curriculum? Like, how did they break their stuff down? And I took everything that I felt was the best from that situation, and I implemented it into my online business school. Mm-hmm. And they teach based on case studies. So I took that element, and I added that element to my business school. They have professors, but I'm a strong believer in you can only take me as far as you got yourself. Facts. So how are you going to teach me how to have a million-dollar business if you never had a million-dollar business? If I want to get to $100 million, how are you going to teach me how to get there if you've never been there yourself? Mentors are the GPS to success. That's how you're going to get there in a record-breaking time. They're going to talk to you and tell you what moves to make, how to get there the quickest. So when I realized that, I said, okay, I'm going to replace the professors and I'm going to add millionaire mentors. Mm. People that's already where you want to be at in life based on the skill set. So not putting somebody in there to talk about all topics. Only talk about the topics that you're proficient at. So if you're proficient at sales and you did $40 million in sales, come here. Come sit in the seat. I need you to teach my students. You do marketing or you you spend a million dollars in a month? Okay. Come sit down teach my students how to do Facebook and Instagram ads. Oh, you're a leader? Okay. How many people you lead? Oh, two, you lead 2,000 people and they're gone, gun ho about you? All right, come on. I need you to teach my students how to do leadership and so on and so forth. And that's how I built out the academy 
So you're learning from real life people who killing it right now. Not the, I'm going to get this information. I ain't going to tell nobody this. You know those people. I ain't going to tell nobody this. Ain't nobody going to know about this. And they keep it to themselves. And that's what keep us back because we get the information and we get told the game is to be sold, not told. Don't introduce them to the plug. When I go with Kit, Katie and Mary and them, they introducing me to every goddamn yeah. body. <laughs> so just implementing what I've learned from that and put accountability into it. Giving them their own mastermind groups where they meet once a month. They talk about their issues, personal, business. They have a sounding board. Giving them uh, a way to... Uh, have micro micro goals instead of massive goals because in life you got to have micro goals so you have micro celebrations until you get to that goal. But we demotivate it until we get to that main goal because we didn't get to it yet. So we get turned off. But if you got little micro goals, you're getting celebrations and you got the morale still up until you get to the big goal. Mm -hmm. So I, I put that into the school also. So not only you got the accountability, but I make everybody get accountability partners. Second thing is making sure they know how to execute on their tasks. Call it the power list. This is fire, and then, bro. This is crazy. And then, <laughs> funny, man. And then you have the millionaire mentors. And then we have, we give everybody, we, we, we dedicate everybody to a, a main person. So if they have questions, they can get unstuck. Because a lot of people give up because... They're just stuck and they got questions and they ain't got nobody to talk to. So as soon as you get into the program, you do your orientation. Just like a college. Just like, this is a university. Uh, orientation. We got to map out how we do things. What's our core values? How we rock around here? How we support each other? So if somebody fall down at the finish line, you dusting them off and say, come on, let's go. We got this. They give you a problem you shoot them back a solution. No judge zone and we build a community. Right. And then you have that. And then after that, you get a welcome call. We welcome you. Welcome to the family. Let me know you need anything. I'm your designated contact. We rock with you. Wow. Q&A is twice a week. Whatever questions you got, we had to answer them for you. Amazing. We ain't leaving until you ready. And then I jump on and I do a set. I meet all my students. Talk to my students. We talk. Have conversations. Mm. I want to know about you. What's going on? Why did you purchase the program? All right, what's going through your mind? How can I help you? What are your challenges? And really know and understand who I'm marketing to so I can know exactly how to deliver the best product to them. Yeah. And on that note, they can text my number, 786-661-1224. Text me the hashtag masterclass and just text me masterclass. Is there anything we could just like special for our listeners? Okay. Matter of fact, don't text that number. All right. <laughs> well, we got well, some. Well, so just click the link below. Okay. It'll be in the bio um, or, or it'll be in the caption. I just want to be able to do something special for the listeners, man. Cause I mean, they've been studying at your feet for the last almost hour and a half. And I mean, you're really, really dropping gems. And I just want to know, you know, if, if there's something that we could do. I don't know, but click the link. You know, if there's something that we can do, it will be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A little link exactly. somewhere. Yeah, a little link somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Spec. All right. Um, okay. So how many people are in the university? 7,000. You got 7,000 people? Well, Harvard Which, before Harvard became Harvard. Self-education is key. Which means this thing works. 
Oh, you for don't get sure. seven thousand people in a for program. sure it works. For sure. Dang. Okay, I need to join. <laughs> so I definitely did. <laughs> I know you, you got me. You got me. I'm in. Okay, I have to go wait till you give me the promo code that you give everybody else. <laughs> But I, yo, count me in. Okay, listen, I will be in orientation with you. Okay, so let's join this thing together. Let's uh, let's graduate together. You know what I'm saying? Let's graduate through the ranks by building seven, eight, ten uh, figure businesses. So, all right, cool. I'm a, I got I got to do a quick commercial. Okay, all right, let's go. Um, because this episode is sponsored by the Morning Meetup, themorningmeetup.com. It's the only community that gathers every single day, Monday through Friday, eight a.m. to nine a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for the betterment of entrepreneurs. Suspect so what we do is. Every every month we have a theme. So this month the theme is the millionaire mindset, and we're interviewing millionaires. I was going to ask you, but it's five o'clock in the morning. Where you at? But we have a lot of people from Cali. Mm. But you be on Clubhouse till three o'clock in the morning. So I go to sleep when you you got to get me soon as soon as I'm about to go to sleep for a quick thirty. You go to sleep. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just been interviewing millionaires, like just mm-hmm. to identify how you think, and we came to the conclusion, man, you all think differently. Mm. You see things differently. You see stuff in pictures. <laughs> you, you still got to explain the picture thing, man. Yo, I'm it's, still trying um, to figure out that that absolutely. Analogy. So, um, um, so some people's minds are very cloudy, and it, it it's clouded with um, with all the stuff from the day, all the stuff we see on Instagram, all the like. I can't really see the whole picture on how this thing's working out, and mm. I get super frustrated because I don't see the finish line. Mm. But if you can see the whole picture, you can see all the trees. You can see the sky is blue. You can see there's a car that's red. You can see like everything that's in this picture and even before it actually happens. Mm -hmm. So you can put it together and say, hold on. There's a picture I see in my head of how this thing's supposed to work out. But what's going on right now, that red car that's in the picture in my head, it's not there. We need to put it there. Mm -hmm. Meaning I see in the picture we're supposed to be First year, we're supposed to be at um, $100,000 a month. We're not there. What do we have to do to make sure what I see in reality looks like the picture in my head? Mm. And I'm working on that. I'm working on completing the vision and, and being able to see what's what's missing in reality mm. versus the dream. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm foggy because I need to be at the court. <laughs> <laughs> See, see what I'm saying? Absolutely. You got to get in there, man. 100%. 100%. You, gotta, you know, the way you come in is the way that you leave. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, come in, ready to go. And for the sake of That's this it. particular commercial, the morning meetup is the yeah. best way to be in a group. Yeah. Um, hey, but just keeping it, uh, I, I want to be clear. I'm an amazing coach, okay? However, we've uh, we built some really good things. But I, I always think, um, even I was talking to you, you was like, yo, I don't feel like I really made it yet. And I, no matter what level you're on, we had this debate that I don't feel like there's a moment. There's mm-hmm. not like this big moment where you feel like you made it because whatever you're doing right now, when you're looking at the Master P's and the Jeff Hoffman's, mm-hmm. you may feel accomplished, but you feel like there's more in you because Jeff is pulling you. Right, and by the time you get to where Jeff is, Jeff might be somewhere different, and you're like, "Ain't no like Jeff. Jeff." Yeah, yeah Jeff. <laughs> he's like, "Come on, nah, yeah, yeah. there's there, there's more in there." So yeah. Jeff, like Jeff, is the reason why we can print out boarding passes. Like he invented that. What? Yeah, he invented 
the machine that prints out the boarding pass. He invented that whole system. People used to have to wait in a long line to wait to the counter to get their boarding pass before he invented those little kiosks. What? Yes. He introduced me to Jeff? Can I get him on the podcast? I think about that. You said you got to ask. <laughs> and I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be persistent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get him in my network. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, go to theboardingmeetup.com. You can join me, my successful friends, and hundred literally every morning is hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs that are gathering every single day. And every month we have a theme, every book. I mean, every month we have a book club. So we just finished Richest Man in Babylon. Mm-hmm. And there are people who haven't read a book ever from cover to cover. Mm-hmm. And because we're breaking it down every day, they're finishing books. It's really, really amazing. So go to themorningmeetup.com. You can start just for, you know, give you a little something special. You can start for just $1. Just $1. Try, test it out. Actually, I think I learned that from you. I did learn that from you. Mm-hmm. Remember, we were on the Power Circle call. Shouts out to the Power Circle. Be a part of the Power Circle. Powercircle.org. Powercircle.org. Power Circles, with an S, because we all in Power Circles. Absolutely. 100%. We were on the call. And you introduced me to the $1 trial. Mm-hmm. You said, yo, you see the freaking picture, Spec. You said, yo, just give people an opportunity to test it out, mm-hmm. to see if they like it. Mm-hmm. Do the trial for a dollar for seven days. And I said, you, you could do that in ClickFunnels? You're like, yes. And you're like, yo, just click here. Da, 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 da. Got it. Yeah. That's why you need to be in the environment. And ever since that, um, we brought in hundreds of people. It's, it's low. It's Low entry, when you can make a consumer come into your element without thinking twice, mm-hmm. you won. Because it's nothing going to stop them. When you can remove the resistance, the resistance is either three things. One, they don't see the value. Two, they don't feel like it's a good fit. Three, don't have the finances for it. They don't see the value. They don't feel like it's a good fit or they don't have the money. Exactly. Mm. That's the only three ways, the only three reasons why somebody wouldn't buy from you. So with this dollar trial, here's, oh my gosh, because I didn't know why. I, I figured I was doing it because, you know, we just kept, like, let them taste test it, right? Mm-hmm. But in this way, I can identify, well, they can identify, oh, this is a good fit. Because in their head, they don't they don't know if it's a good fit or not. Mm-hmm. But for a dollar, um, a dollar, they could do it. They can see the value. Because, all right, for seven days, you're going to get a, a, a freaking conference for a week. Mm-hmm. And then they realize, wow, that I have the money. Mm-hmm. Because even after that, it's only $79. But they'll say, they could be able to compare, oh, well, for the value, for sure. 79 bucks is nothing. Done. That was the dopest commercial we've ever given. <laughs> so go to the morning meetup. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Golly, I love this interview. Those are themorningmeetup.com. I can't wait to see you in the morning. Okay, Spec, I got to ask you, um, before you give us something deep on the closeout, um, I like to make predictions, predictions on the podcast. Mm-hmm. 
And I want to know where you see yourself in the next five to 10 years so that I can watch this interview five to 10 years from today and say, mm. yo, Speck said he was going to do this. And look, he actually did it. It's mm. actually dope. I like that. In five years. Five to 10. Five years. My school is definitely going to be one of the most talked about schools. On the planet mm. is one thing. Second thing is, in five years, I'm going to have some major product wins. What does that look like? Products that everybody, at least one of them that everybody has to use. Like, like right now, everybody... Like the passport joint? Like, like, is that what you're thinking? Like, similar. Yeah, something like that. Like, something that... Like, I need this. Like, Uber. People need that. You need Uber. Come on, now. You need Uber. Gotta have Uber. Amazon. Like, I need, I need Amazon. I need that. It's gonna be mm. at least one thing that I create that the people will need. Mm. And that's going to be my moment I talked about. That's going to be your moment. Five to 10 years. That's going to be the moment. I love it. I love it. And you don't even know what it is yet. I might have it already. Do you have it? I might have it already. Do you think you, is it like something that you're thinking of, like that you're working on that you think you got? Or you're just saying, in my life, there's something that I'm missing that I don't see just yet. I think I have it. I'm working on something that's going to disrupt the world in terms of putting money into the black communities Mm. for ownership. Can I be a part of that? You said your Close ass, bro. Yo, yo, you, yo, you, I'm going to be consistent, too. I'm going to be persistent. <laughs> you already my man, so. <laughs> yeah, but listen, you will be a part of it, though. Mm. You will be a part of it. Um, and and, and this, is, this is one thing that I talked about earlier. It's called Social Seed, where we're going to have it where people get to actually have ownership in products, viral products, big products. Products that's killing it that they would never get the they would never get the opportunity. When you try to do, you know, when you try to invest, you got to become an accredited investor. Right. You know what right. that means? You yeah. got to have over two hundred thousand dollars, or and it doesn't even count your house. So if you got a million dollar house, still don't matter. So it's either two hundred thousand personally or three hundred thousand with your spouse included. Well, over a million dollars in net worth. What average? What average? So, if you see a good deal that you can literally take advantage of, you as an intellectual can't even take advantage of it mm-hmm. because they have systems in place for us not to take advantage. Because guess what? We all ain't got that. Do you know what's so crazy? And not even too long ago, Obama finally made it. To a point where, um, where um, 
you can create smaller crowdfunds. He created some bill mm-hmm. that kind of unlocked it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Not yet, but you know, like he created because it was it, it's like illegal. But now I think it's um or he either it's something where like the little guy can get into it. Somebody's gonna comment and be like, "David, you're an idiot." But yes, but no, that's this is the point I'm making. It's like they put things in place to make sure we don't get what we deserve. Like, why I got to be a credit and investor? Yeah. You know, it's like, I know it's little other little reasons people going to come up with. Oh, no, it's because it is. No, no. I feel in my heart, it's so certain people don't get into certain plays mm-hmm. to get to where they need to get to. It's like the music industry. Whoever was the puppet at the time, that's who they put on. Oh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, but make him famous, you know. But now the gates are unlocked. Now everybody on SoundCloud is like they can't control it no more. You can't control it no more. If you have the talent and you're able to stay persistent and consistent with music, you're going to pop. Sooner or later, something going to catch on fire. Mm. All you need is to hit one ball. One. You don't have to be right no times but once. Mm. Once you write that one time, and I don't give a damn. You don't know how to swing at fastballs. Don't hit fastballs. If all you know is curveballs, when that curveball comes, you swing the bat as hard as you can. Sooner or later, if you keep swinging, you're going to knock some out the park. Mm-hmm. It's going to be life-changing. And they're scared of that. Wow. They're scared of that because if that happens, then guess what? It's more wealth in the black communities. And guess what? The money circulates when it gets in the communities. When you go in, it goes to the corner stores. It goes to like, it's still in the community, right? Mm-hmm. The money changes hands. And now guess what? I got enough money to support your dream now. Yeah. I got enough money to support his dream now. And everybody is building. But it's things in place to make sure. It's like credit card companies. They discriminate. But people don't know they discriminate because they're like, oh, they can't discriminate. No, they do. They don't market based on certain area codes. If you put a certain area code in, you automatically get denied. Why? Because they already know that area code has this certain amount of revenue coming in every single year. This your annual revenue. You don't fit the criteria. Mm. Even if you do. You don't fit the criteria. Yeah. You in the wrong neighborhood. You don't get this card. And they're doing the same thing with investments. Like, why? Why got to be a credit investor? I love it. People yeah. come up with what they want to come up with, but that's my, you know, that's my logic. I can't wait to see it, my brother. Look, man, thank you, thank you, thank you. I really, really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, please let the, the people know how they can contact you, how they can get in touch with you. Um, definitely. I am spectacular on all social media platforms. Clubhouse is just spectacular. Hit me up on Clubhouse, dropping game constantly. The Power Circle, shout that's out to the it. Power Circle. Power Nonprofit. Circle. Hey, that's another thing that's going to be huge. It's going to be the biggest communities for people to come together, entrepreneurs to come together to share resources. The technology that's going to be built out for that is going to be crazy for people to come in and literally have one-on-one conversations to be able to share resources and uh, and be able to have masterminds and accountability. It's going to be phenomenal. But yeah, make sure you guys check me out. Power Circles, if you do want to apply for Power Circles, all you got to do is make over 100000 if you want to be a part of that community. Go to Power Circles dot org 
and uh, check it out. But other than that, you guys can text my number. I gave it to you guys earlier, but 786-661-1224. Hit me up. Ask me some questions. And actually, if you listen to this interview, every time you hear it, listen. Drop me a comment, man, on my last post on Instagram. Let me know how you felt about this interview. Because I want to know your thoughts. I can't really stalk the comments like that, but I look at my Instagram almost every day. All right? Yeah. Appreciate that, Spec. All right, man, close out with something. A word of wisdom, man. There's an entrepreneur out there. They're they're having a hard time. They're struggling. They got this vision, and it's just not coming to fruition. Or, you know, they got some issues or, uh, you know, dramas or, you know, just uh, things going on in their life. So Mm -hmm. what is on your heart right now to share with that person? Well, the first thing I would say is your thoughts become your reality. So if you put yourself in a state of mind that, Everything is possible. It's just the amount of time on when it's going to happen. And continuously work on your craft. Too many people are a master of nothing. They master the craft of nothing. <laughs> so you have to become a master of something. And go at it full speed full throttle, want it, your mentor, as bad as you want to breathe. Mm-hmm. You got to want it as bad as you want to breathe. And come into this thing and understand that you're not a victim. Too many victims out here. Nobody's a victim. You're the only person you can blame for your situation. Nobody else. It don't matter what your past was. It don't matter how your dad treated you. It don't matter how you, how you was raised. Bill Gates said... If you are born poor, it's not your fault. But if you die poor, that's your fault. Because you have every opportunity to get whatever you want and find the guidance, find the mentorship. Because it's not a lack of information. It's a lack of guidance and accountability. So find somebody that's going to leave you accountable to your goals, your mission, your dreams. Everything that you literally put your mind to is, is something that can be achievable. Anybody who you know that's wealthy, that's famous, they all started from zero. Zero followers on Instagram, zero followers, zero followers on Facebook, zero dollars in their bank account. Everybody had to get that first deposit and build relationships and make sure that you're putting more deposits in than withdrawals. My rule of thumb is give 10 times and ask once. Before you ask anybody for one thing, make sure you give 10 and be proactive. So many times people, oh, if you need me, that just let me know I'm coming. No, say, yo, I'm here. What you need me to do? Mm, I like that. And, and be intentional about your relationships. Every last thing you do should be intentional. You shouldn't leave your house unless it aligns with your goals. No matter who you're dealing with, it has to make sense. That's the only way you can trim the fat. I say I like I would rather throw away a hundred pennies to get four quarters. Surround yourself around quality people that's gonna help you get to your mission, who think like you, who move like you, who's gonna make sure they push you and motivate you. Cause sometimes who's gonna motivate the motivator? Yeah. So you gotta have those people that's gonna be a cheerleader. So when shit hit the fan, you got somebody that's gonna support you. When your back is against the wall, you have people that's going to jump and defend you. 
and just go at it, man. Don't give up to get what you what you need and what you're looking for. You know, the day that you gave up could have been the day that you made it. Wow, I love it, man. Listen, you can't close out a podcast no more, no better than that. Listen, man, go follow my brother Spectacular, man. Do me a favor, go get you some social proof. I mean, I want you to go build something, okay? Lock in, be consistent, be persistent, focus on your relationships. This is one of those podcasts you probably need to li- just listen to for the whole month, okay? Just listen to it <laughs> because there's so many uh, gems being dropped. So go get you some social proof, okay? Go build something and I want you to uh, come back to the community and teach them how you did it. We are out of here. David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.